Hello, and welcome to Alone in the Boondocks. My name is Andrew. And my name's Tyler. And today we want to talk, it, it has been a, a gut punch of a week uh, in the United States. We're recording this on May 29th, 2020. Um, there's been a lot happening um, concerning the, the murder, blatant murder of George Floyd in uh, Minneapolis. Um, riots are still going on at this point, and a few hours ago, the 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 police officer who did murder him was arrested. Um, but we want to talk about specifically, you know, police brutality and and inequity um, amongst social classes and and races in the United States. Um, but kind of under a, the bigger umbrella of the idea. Of American decline, are we seeing? Um, are we seeing the fall of the American empire, uh, or is this another one of the ebbs and flows that you know any nation goes through culturally? I, I, that that seems to downplay it somehow. I don't like. I, I I I couldn't bring myself to believe that this is just a natural thing that we're seeing happen in this country. Um, right, and I and I don't believe that it's natural at all. I believe, you know, at this point, four years ago, things took a giant turn for the worst, and we've been on a steady decline since then. Yeah, uh, I can't say. I mean, we don't know because we don't have the proof. If somebody else would have been elected, if things would have been different, but all we know is what's happening right now is not good for anybody, unless you're a Trump bootlicker. Yeah, that's. You're the only person making out in any of this deal. And and ultimately, you're not making out at all either because you're just as screwed as the rest of us. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, 2016 was a huge turning point. But again, and as much as I don't like the guy, I can't put everything at his feet. I, I think that Donald Trump is much more a symptom of a, of a broken a, a broken nation um, more than he's necessarily the the i don't want to give him the credit of being the you know the big bad guy that caused all of this i think that we were primed for it i think that there were a lot of racists in the country who after having a black president for eight years couldn't couldn't do with it anymore so they elected the guy who during you know obama's entire presidency claimed that he wasn't even an american citizen um they they elected the guy. Still haven't seen the birth certificate. Am I right? No, you have. It was released. His long form <laughs> certificate was released. Uh, it's fake. It's fake though. Obviously fake. Yeah, I mean that would be. I do believe that that was his his defense when that when it was released. Um, but I, I mean, and again, I know that we always take this back to like the things that we were told in high school. But so much, so much, I think of rural culture for a lot of people. Um, especially more conservative folks is kind of sculpted by how high school was for them because in a, in a lot of cases in rural communities uh, the, the the adults who live there were once students who were educated in that area so a lot of the social standing and a lot of the belief systems that were developed while in high school that a lot of people who leave the area are able to escape or, or break the cycle of a lot of people who still stay in the area still run right in those same clicks with those same belief systems do you agree yeah okay. yeah absolutely i mean you i would say that most of the people that don't leave the area probably have at least one or two friends that they went to high school with yeah and and i mean you stay friends with the people that you associate the most like ideas with i believe so you're always going to be passing around those thoughts and ideas to each other yeah 
So uh, when we were in high school, uh, I won't say that the vast majority of our teachers necessarily were conservative or regressive, but um, but probably fifty for at least fifty percent of them would have leaned. I guess we'll 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 do it in terms of you know political parties. Um, uh, probably fifty percent of them would have leaned in the direction of the Republican Party. Uh, and I don't know that you would have had a full 50% of our teachers leaning in the direction of, of the Democratic Party. Um, it was simply the fact that we, we did truly have some teachers who were just um, completely apolitical, right? They just did, there was no, they, they, they knew what they knew about their wheelhouse and not much um, branched outside of that. I, I would often argue that a person like that uh, our our senior year English teacher never you know preached politics at us, and for that reason, I told him I knew that he voted uh, Democrat. And when we graduated, he did confirm that for me. So I always felt you know very vindicated in that. Uh, I like to imagine as you graduated, as you walked across the stage, he uh, he gave you the hail Hydra and like shook your hand and was like Democrat, and you just <laughs> walked you just walked away smiling, and the audience is like. Why is, why is yeah. he smiling so much? That's I, just, I just turned to the audience. I was like, he said Obama. <laughs> um, yeah, but so so one of our teachers, a, um, a social studies teacher who, um, again, I don't I, I mean this not in any comment of the quality of teacher that he was or anything like that, but he uh, was not shy about letting people know what he believed politically. And because he was a social studies teacher, um, you know that seems to be maybe a more natural platform to talk about, you know, politics and belief systems and things like that. Um, yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. I mean, it'd be weird if my math teacher was like, "So sixty-four divided by eight is eight. Also, Obama is from Kenya, yeah. and he can't even legally be president." <laughs> right. And I don't. I don't remember. I mean, I, I had this teacher multiple years throughout high school for different for different classes. Um, and I don't remember him ever, you know, getting on the whole birther thing or anything like that. But one one thing that he was famous for um, was, you know, ooh, ooh, ooh. I know, I know what it was, lying. Well, yeah, there was some some of that about his own personal stuff. Uh, but no, <laughs> um, more more relevant to the conversation was he believed that the that the nation was in decline that we were and he he would frequently cite the collapse of the roman empire um uh it's interesting to me that he that that people relate the united states to an empire when they want to defend it i mean we do effectively operate as an empire you know when we go to war with in the middle east and and, and effectively occupy a country as if it were part of the empire um that does not make your viewpoint look good if you were pro-war or you, you know, it seems strange that you would do that. It, anyway, um, his point being, however, quite opposite to what I want to talk about here today, he believed we were in decline for reasons like women had the right and uh, availability uh, of safe abortions. Um, that, you know, it was not, we had not achieved marriage equality when you and I were still in high school, um, but it was clearly being advocated for. And he even, I mean, at this point in the history of the country, it's weird to call it history when it, it seems so recent to us, but it was a long time ago. Yeah, we're, we're looking at 11 years ago that we graduated. From yeah, yeah. Um, 
but he, he he was upset that there were Republicans who were coming out in in support of gay marriage, marriage equality. Um, and so his his claim that the nation was in decline was much more what I would call. And I and again, I think I've spoken about this on another episode about, you know, when students say, uh, well, you know how things are today or, or talk about their their generation as if it is lesser than generations that came before. I classified those folks as degenerationalists. They they legitimately believe that we are going through a degeneration pattern socially um, by liberalization. Well, yeah, it's because all the kids that are just on their cell phones all the time learning about things. Right. Yeah. It it always comes to the cell phones. It always uh, they there's always statements made about work ethic or how they don't know how to do quote-unquote, uh, they, they don't have quote-unquote relevant skills, which just seems strange to me coming from, I mean, we're, we're going to be there someday, maybe. I hope that when I'm 60 years old, I don't look at the kids who are learning the newest technology and say, ah, that's not relevant because they aren't, you know, doing the stuff that we do today, right? That just seems completely asinine. Yeah, it blows my mind that somebody can be like, well, they don't know how to do X skill, but they are so prone to pick up skill Y and Z at the drop of a hat. I mean, think of how, like, every year I feel like kids younger and younger can work a computer or work a tablet or do things that maybe their parents can't even do. Yeah. We had a, we had a Raspberry Pi camp at the school um, at the end of last school year. Uh, and what some of the kids walked away with was amazing. And you, like, you, some of the kids who walked in, they they had like a they had a passing interest in code or, or you know coding or computer science, um, but really they they liked Minecraft or they liked Fortnite or something like that. Well, what this um, this camp did was they learned how to to code, um, and and instead of like I I've done a lot of things with like code.org where uh, there are like Star Wars or Minecraft or Frozen themed coding games. These kids were actually coding things that modified the way Minecraft worked on a Raspberry Pi. It was really cool. Um, but I think also if you have no basis for understanding what you're looking at there, you could look at that and just be like, this kid's just playing a video game. So I, I, again, I'm not trying to give the out to degenerationalists. I think most of the sentiment that you know this generation is spoiled or lazy or, or stupid uh, primarily comes from narcissism and a fear of being irrelevant. Yeah. So I, I I agree wholeheartedly. There was, it's like every year. Never mind. I don't actually even know what I'm trying to say. I know what I mean in my head, but I can't. I don't know what to say. But nope. I know what you mean. I agree with you. Okay. So um, my my basis though for suggesting, and again, uh, I, I hope to not always be wishy washy on these episodes. Uh, I, I was kind of wishy washy when we spoke about about Biden, and I still feel very wishy-washy speaking about Biden. Um, I'm kind of wishy-washy on the idea of American decline because for so long I have heard people say things that suggest we're in decline, but never um, never in a way that they could say, like, we're in decline because of these numbers, because um, there are more there's more child abuse or something like that. I mean, you, if you do look at numbers for child abuse, they are up, but that also has a lot to do with our ability to uh, report and handle things like that. There aren't more pedophiles in the world now proportionate to what there were in, in the 1950s. 
but you will yeah, you, will just, hear. you can just call now from yourself exactly and, and i mean and, and a lot of the taboo of um being a victim and reporting has has evaporated not to say that it's completely gone unfortunately um a lot of a lot of victims do never report it because they still feel shame or uh they have post-traumatic stress disorder and it you know it puts them through such severe mental anguish to even approach the subject. So to tell someone about it and know all of the the tailspin that could come out of it still keeps people from doing it. My point. Yeah, I could. I couldn't even imagine having that happen to me and then having to recount that story or event multiple times to different people to explain what happened. Like. Yeah. Yeah, you're. Yeah, it's inconceivable. Um, but it's a it's a thing that you know hundreds of thousands of people go through every year in in this state alone you know um but but uh my point being you will hear people say oh i never heard about pedophiles back when i was a kid well yeah again because unfortunately we didn't have a system set up to handle how that should work right and and a lot of times um especially in rural areas if it was a, a relative abusing someone else uh, sheriffs and police officers would say, well, that's a family matter, right? That's, that's, uh, it was almost taboo to, to even handle it criminally. So it wouldn't be investigated, uh, unless it was, you know, clearly, clearly overtly life-threateningly violent. Right. Um, so anyway, my point isn't that we are getting worse socially as a whole. I, I do believe that we have increased certain social social safety nets in ways that are, are better. I do believe that we have gotten closer to educational equity. Um, but I mean, educational apartheid still exists in the United States. And, and I mean, all you have to do is take a trip to any major city and go from one neighborhood to the next to see that that is the case. Um, anyway, uh, I looked up exactly what American decline, it's weird to say what American decline is, but it is in fact like uh, an analytical term that describes the diminishing power of the United States. Now some people mean it in terms of like a geopolitical aspect, like um, because uh, Russia and China are so much more powerful than they used to be, which seems silly to say, you know. as a person who never experienced any part of the Cold War, really, um, but they are they 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 do. I mean, China especially legitimately holds significantly more sway in the world market than it used to. So some people talk about American decline in like purely economic terms. Um, some people talk about it in terms of culture, and most of what I could find on the writings of culture talk about the shift that occurred uh, in like the late 1950s. Um, and this goes into the whole, you know, it carries through the Cold War and the Vietnam War um, and is about, you know, they they felt like they were seeing a bloom of narcissism and decadence, uh, which also they it's interesting because they point to things like people were too into friendship <laughs> and stuff. So, I mean, if that's the case, then, yeah, you and I especially are part of that, quote unquote, cultural decline. Um, Was it? Was it like the late 1950s? Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's when that's when most of what I can find points to it starting in the late 1950s. So I mean, if 
if degeneration starts with friendship and stuff like that, I mean, the 1960s were li- 61 to 69, just friendship. Hippies. Hippies, it was weed, acid, yeah. and friends, and the Grateful Dead. Yeah. That's all the right. 1960s were. Right, and if you, I mean, if you were, if you were a privileged international analyst, you would look at that as low culture, right? That doesn't seem like, um, that that that's not the uh, the opera attending crowd's idea right. of culture. Um, I mean, have you listened to the Grateful Dead? Kind of operatic, if I had to say so. I I don't know that I could. Okay, I don't know that I can. No, I have no I have no critical analysis, good or bad, for you of the Grateful Dead. Weirdly enough, not a stoner. I listened to the Grateful Dead on my way to work the other day. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know why. It was it was Tuesday morning, right after the three day weekend. It was a little little dreary out. It was like six thirty in the morning. I just got my haircut the week before. Did it myself. Didn't go out in public. Um. Had the window down. It was nice. It's just playing some Grateful Dead, and I was like, "Holy!" Sh-. I was like, "I get it. I understand why they do this." You had an awakening. I'm a deadhead now. That's. <laughs> this is a weird revelation for you to come to. Am I a sober deadhead? I guess I didn't know that there was such a thing, but I guess maybe. I also I also saw a Grateful Dead link shirt, like a shirt ad on a on Facebook for a Grateful Dead shirt. That was pretty cool. Yeah. I didn't realize it was a dead shirt until I clicked on it. Now I get the ad all the time. I think I have to buy it now. Was I think it, legally I have is it, to buy it. Is it tie-dye? Does it have the little bears it is, on it? Oh, it's absolutely tie-dyed. Yeah. I don't think it had the bears, but definitely tie-dyed. Yeah. Wait, do they make Grateful Dead shirts that aren't tie-dye? I don't know. Probably. I don't think they do. Probably. I think I think the Dead has like a licensing agreement with any shirt has to be tie-dye. Okay. I'll, I'll take your word for it. I read that somewhere. I believe you. Um... So like that's that's their defense for the cultural decline, and I think that most people on on the, the in the progressive camp wouldn't look at that as cultural decline. Um, if anything, this leads to greater acceptance and and a more honest conversation amongst people. The argument against friendship just seems seems almost like. Um, a poorly written rich guy <laughs> criticizing the poor. Oh, they just love friendship. Like that just seems. What is, you guys can't buy anything. What are you gonna do? Be friends? Yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess. That's I all buy. I buy my friendship. Yeah. Um, this is my friend Lyle. I bought him a pontoon boat. We hang out every Thursday. Lyle. I don't have a good. I don't have a good rich guy voice. That's okay. You don't need a good. I mean, I think the rich guys. I think what happens is that you you can't imitate it. You just get one when you become rich. Yeah. So and since most people What's, who are rich were born rich, they just they even as babies they sound uh, presumptuous and condescending. Dear mother, does this hot dog have any gold in it? Why they wouldn't be eating hot dogs, dude? They'd be eating like veal. They're good hot. Oh, okay. I have dogs. I have Wagyu beef hot dogs in my freezer right now, so. No, you don't. I do. I really do. We sell them at work now. Seriously? Yeah, they're really good, huh? actually. I mean, it doesn't matter to you. You wouldn't eat them, but they're fantastic. I'll take your word for it. I know you like a good, like, sausage. I know you like a good sausage sandwich. They're very sausage-esque. A little finer grind, like a hot dog-style grind to the meat. Yeah. But they have, they're delicious. Sounds nice. Um... So I found, moving past hot dogs here. What? 
moving past hot dogs. Yeah. So I found a uh, a Pew Social Trend poll that was it came out in uh, March of 2019. So you know it's old-ish, but it's not. I think the the information's still relevant, and I would I would doubt that there's a whole lot of change in the the sample response if you were to administer the same survey today. Um, but it was about American decline, specifically um, specifically concerning um, a white minority um, a, a emerging in the United States. Uh, so when the, when the statement, a country declining in stature, or the United States is a country declining in stature on the world stage, uh, 60% agreed that the U.S. will be less important in the world. Uh, 31% said that going forward, the United States will be more important in the world. Um, a widening gap between the haves and have-nots. Gap between rich and poor will grow. 73% agreed to that. Uh, gap between rich and poor will get smaller. 19% agreed to that. Uh, I very much agree that the gap between the rich and the poor will, will increase. I mean, billionaires get richer and richer every day. While yeah. it seems like, you know, the people who live paycheck to paycheck, I mean, it kind of feels like you're always going to live paycheck to paycheck. Like, yeah. And, it, and I mean, it, effectively, we keep scuttling the candidates who would help to fix that, too. Um, yeah, why would we want that relief for people? Yeah, it it it, it, it see, that's I guess what's so maddening about election cycle in election cycles in general. Um, but when you see the exit polls, when I watched uh, the South Carolina primary and you saw Bernie lose pretty handily, um, but even as people were leaving, they took an exit poll, and something like 70% of all the people said that they wanted Medicare for all. Well, you literally just voted against it. With like, if you did, if you voted for the guy who said Medicare for all is a bad idea, and then as you left, you're like, yeah, but that sure would be good. Either it, either Medicare for all meant so little to you that your disagreement with the candidate didn't matter, or you were ill-informed on the issues I, I don't know which is more frustrating to me in that capacity like, but yeah that's like vo it's like voting no to free dinner and then on your way out they're like how do you think what do you how's a cheeseburger sound right like oh yeah i need a cheeseburger yeah i am hungry and i have no money but no free yeah. dinner please nah i'll pass i yeah. i can i can go pay for i can go bankrupt on my steak dinner over here yeah uh, the next statement was growing with concern, uh, growing political polarization. 65% of people agreed that the country will be more politically divided. 26% of people said that the country will be less politically divided. Um, I really don't know. And a lot of, a lot of American, a lot of American decline analysts suggest that, um, in the 1960s, 60s, especially we saw an enormous, um, disruption of the ability for the two sides to speak to each other civilly. Um, and that has so clearly gotten worse. Like, I, I even remember, like, debating with people uh, concerning, like, Romney versus Obama or Bush versus Gore. Again, clearly I was very young at this point, uh, and I couldn't, you know, grasp the issues necessarily. Wait, wasn't Bush versus Gore? Like, weren't 2000. we in second grade? No. No, Bush Gore was two thousand. Bush Gore was two thousand. Bush Kerry's two thousand four. Uh, Obama McCain two thousand eight. Obama. I mean, Romney. I mean, Bush Gore two thousand. We were only nine years old. 
Yeah, I know. But no, I and I I know you, you can. I, I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there listening who will disbelieve me. But I I lived in a house where the news was always on, and I legitimately remember watching stuff. Again, I didn't know anything about what the issues were. Um, and this is like a pre 9/11 world too, so there was no debate over the wars. There was no, there was nothing like that, um, but it did just seem more civil in general. And and even more relevantly, 2012 was was really very civil. Um, 2008, John McCain was questioned at a town hall by a woman who called Obama a Muslim and said she couldn't trust him, and John McCain corrected her and said that. Barack Obama is a decent man. Um, not that Muslims aren't decent men or people, uh, but but uh, you know that was a that was a level of decency that you would never see at this point. And I and I don't mean to to take the the central path here and say oh both sides. I think that one side is so so um, bent on their depravity at this point that there's not an operable defense that can be offered. I mean, I guess if someone says something to me like, um, Donald Trump personally strangled his secretary, I would say no, because I don't believe that to be the truth. Right? Like, I, I would I would still disagree with that because... But then you flip, you flip the script and someone says, Joe Biden strangled... Just as an example. I mean... Yeah, sure. Uh, Joe Biden strangled his secretary. The other side will be like, put this front of the newspaper. Yes. This happens. Yes. How can we let this man be our president? Right. You said that much more. That's per. That's exactly what I mean. Um, very. I was just rambling, but that's exactly why, the point. Why use more word when less work too? <laughs> um. So yeah, I I do think that the <clears throat> I do think uh, on all three of those measures, uh, decline in stature on the world stage, a widening gap between haves and have-nots, and growing political polarization. I guess by those metrics, I am a declinist. So you would agree that you believe there will be a decline in polarization of political beliefs? No. So like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with the people who said that the country will be more politically divided. Sorry, that's, that's what I meant. I didn't yeah. mean to say decline. I meant to say that you think... There will be more polarizing factors in the coming, and and I agree wholeheartedly. Like, there, like we're to the point now that I'm basing friendships and relationships off political beliefs. Yep. Ten ten years ago, wouldn't have mattered to me. No. Didn't care. No, that was that that was just your crazy uncle who you had to see occasionally, who would you know rant about some you know the Illuminati or something. I um, always describe what I think hell is is um, terrible Christmas music playing over top of playing in the background while you're at Macy's while walking with your crazy uncle talking about politics through the store. That sounds That's pretty bad. That's what hell is to me. Yeah. But not good Christmas music like All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey or uh, Christmas rapping by The Waitresses. I didn't know if you were going to bring up your affinity for Mariah Carey's Christmas stylings. Um, um We'll get. We'll talk more about it when we get to the season. Okay, when <laughs> we do our Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> um, another another one of the the measuring points they did here. Um, the the statement was percent saying uh, this is the percent of people saying having a majority of the population made up of blacks, Asians, Hispanics, and other racial minorities by the year 2050 will blank 
American customs and values. Um, all adults, 30% said strengthen, that this will strengthen American values. 38% said it will weaken American customs and values. And 31% said have little impact. Um, when we break this down to the, the three different racial groups that they divided into, white, black, and Hispanic, uh, white folks, 23% said that, that um, a white minority would strengthen. 46% said weaken, 30% said no effect. 40% um, of black respondents said strengthen, 18% said weaken, and 40% said have little impact. And Hispanics, 46% said strengthen, 25% weaken, and 27% have little impact. Um, this to me is a, I think it's a tricky question and I think to a degree it's a gotcha question to imply that, that um, American customs and values are, are dictated by race. I mean, if you are an American and you have customs and values, those effectively have become American customs and values. We might not call them that until they're picked up and celebrated by more people. But if uh, American Thanksgiving you know, falls by the wayside because of enough of the population isn't really celebrating it anymore, and all of a sudden Halloween emerges as a more as a more culturally significant uh, holiday to the American people. That is now the American custom and value. It has nothing to do with strengthening or weakening it. That that just seems it seems to me these results reflect the divide that does exist. Um, and that, that, I think, is the importance on, on remarking on them. Um, not that necessarily any of them are correct or incorrect. Uh, it is, it is uh, telling to see that 46% of white respondents believe that a white, uh, you know, whites no longer as the majority would naturally weaken customs and values. I don't, that, I don't know. That seems, uh... I just gotta say that nobody better ruin Thanksgiving. Um, I mean, the I, really the idea behind Thanksgiving and what happened in the aftermath, terrible, terrible thing. But I just love some Thanksgiving food. Yeah. We can change the name of the holiday if we want. I don't care. I'm not, I'm not setting the name. Um, I, I wasn't, I'm all for new names. I wasn't scowling at you. I was scowling because a web page that I have open automatically started playing a video. That's... Sorry. I thought I was like, what's this guy? This guy got beef with Thanksgiving now? No, I do not. However, uh, <laughs> it was interesting this last year around because I don't know for how many years, you know, Fox News and, and many people on the right have gone nuts about the quote unquote war on Christmas. Um, you know, because you, you can't, you know, see Christmas. It's not clear that that's the predominant holiday around that time. How dare Starbucks not print "Merry Christmas" on their on their cups? I know. I will not. I will not support this company anymore. I know. All they did was play Christmas music in their restaurants and make everything red and green and hang snowflakes on everything and put snowmen on everything and reindeer on everything and oh man, it's not nearly Christmassy enough. Anyway, uh, they th put snowflakes on the cups because only liberal snowflakes drink their thirteen dollar frappuccinos. That's that kills me. Starbucks <laughs> is the McDonald's of coffee. Everyone goes there regardless of political alignment. Right. Um, 
but anyway, they did. There was there was talk this year, and I believe it came out of the the mouth of the the commander in chief that uh, there was going to be a war on Thanksgiving. That we wanted to change what it was called, or that we didn't want to celebrate it anymore. Um, which is just the fact that it was said, and the fact that people believed it, and and bathed themselves in it uh, so thoroughly is. Speaks to, got, speaks to what you, I would theorize is the actual decline we're seeing here, where we have such a large swath of the population unwilling to do any type of critical thought when presented with information, as long as the name at the bottom signing it uh, is the guy they want to hear it from, then they believe it. You have 10 seconds to get a new name for Thanksgiving. What does it go? Um cool day cool day <laughs> i froze i completely cool froze day. all right all right i get it what is it the third third thursday of every every thing november is now going to be referred to as cool day cool day <laughs> oh i'm my brain is fried after this week um, your ad your ad libs abilities are sorry through the roof today i'm really sorry <laughs> Um, so something else happened this week, and that is that Twitter actually flagged something that the president said. Um, it happened twice this week. It initially happened when he posted something about uh, voter fraud, that mail-in voting would lead to massive voter fraud. Uh, I actually, um, speaking of voter fraud, I I just photocopied my ballot. Yeah. Like 13 times. So that's I'm a, just going to mail them all in at the same time. That's a big brain move. Even, That'll work for honest, sure. Honestly, not even going to waste the time with individual envelopes and stamps. Yeah. I'm going to put them all into one. Nice. <laughs> I know check, the person checkmate at the poll- conservatives. I, I know the person at the polling place. They'll definitely let it slide. <laughs> um, I also I slip in a $20 bill. I say, this is for you. And they say, thank you, Mr. Tyler. Wow. 20 bucks. That's all they, that's all they uh, charge you. Small town community. Fraud. Nice. Um, that'll get you. A, that'll get you a twelve pack of Coors Light. Will it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, oh yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, I don't, yes, I don't know. Um, so they did not remove his his tweet. They just uh, they kind of flagged it and then they added to it a link with all of these sources that blatantly disproved it. Um, which sent him into a tirade saying that they were limiting free speech. Blah blah blah. Um, there, there, is, there are no doubt going to be several court cases that emerge from this because a private organization like Twitter limiting what you can and cannot post has nothing to do with First Amendment rights at all. The First Amendment simply allows you the right to... There's a spider on the mic. Go away, bud. Um, the First Amendment simply prevents the government from coming after you for speaking freely. Um, this is like when the that Duck Dynasty guy said super homophobic things in the magazine interview. Do you remember that? Vaguely. And, and then uh, A&E um, no longer allowed him on the show for a little while or something like that. And people, It's remarkable that they still let that show air. Yeah. Because they cancel, they cancel people. I mean, television in general cancels people for way less than that. Well, yeah, sometimes. I'm not, I don't know that I'm a huge believer in the whole cancel culture theory of things. I think oftentimes if you're canceled, there's... I mean, the the company can... Let's be honest. None of them are doing... There, there's not a television company out there who is 
broadcasting what they're broadcasting in a humanitarian method. They're doing it because they make money. And if suddenly you become a cancerous commodity, they're going to drop you like a ton of bricks. And that's exactly yeah. what happened to the Duck Dynasty guy. It was it would not be it was not something that they wanted to have their name attached to that he had said something about why would you choose a man's butt over a woman's vagina or <laughs> something like I don't remember that um have you seen that man's butt though? That's what that, I'm not. I'm I'm misquoting, but that those words were in the quote, which makes me sound like I'm intentionally twisting it. I'm not. Look it up. Um, however, that's, that's weird that you bring that up now because probably ever since that happened, I can't recall the last time I've seen anything about Duck Dynasty. They did kind of. They 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 had their 15 minutes of fame, and then they drifted into. I, w I won't say obscurity because they are all like multi-millionaires, but uh, no one really cares about them anymore. Um, or their duck calls. Or their duck. Well, you know, hunters probably still care about the actual product. Quack, quack. I can do it without one. Yeah. Quack, quack, quack. Duck. Got it. So, uh, but people lost their mind and said that this was a violation of the the duck call man's free speech rights. Um, but again, clearly it is not, it has nothing to do with that whatsoever. Um, so that was the first event that Donald Trump was flagged on this week. The next one happened 18 hours ago at the time of recording when he tweeted, I can't stand back and watch this happen to a great American city. Minneapolis, a total lack of leadership. Either the very weak radical left mayor, Jacob Frey, get his act together and bring the city under control, or I will send in the National Guard and get the job done right. These thugs, all caps, are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd, and I won't let that happen. Just spoke to Governor Tim Walls and told him that the military is with him all the way. Any difficulty and we will assume control. But when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Um, this was flagged because Twitter says this tweet violated the Twitter rules about glorifying violence. However, Twitter has determined that it may be in the public's interest for the tweet to remain accessible. Uh, and there's a learn more link and you can see um, they talk about why they allowed it to still be up. Primarily for the, the sake that it was said by a sitting U.S. president on a public forum. Uh, not that they're promoting what he's saying, but he doesn't deserve frankly to have this be deleted from the 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 public record honestly posted everywhere at this point like let this guy like let everybody know that this guy said this don't let yeah. it hide right but i mean i guess too my thing is are we are we too far gone anyway i mean i i i spoke I don't know if I was talking to you or someone else when I said that was you I was, when we were talking earlier this week. And I said, you know, when the when the Access Hollywood tape came out during the 2016 campaign, I remember that weekend talking to people and saying, this is it. This has got to be it for him. Like, there's no way people can still line up behind Donald Trump when he blatantly bragged about sexually assaulting women. <coughs> um, that that's got to be it. It wasn't. It didn't matter. It. it I, yeah. I, that was four years ago. Now that, that video came out, right? And, he, and the allegiance is even stronger now to the to the dark side, right? So, um, while I think that this is egregious, I I am uh, I am at some level exhausted by trying to pay attention to the things that come out of this man's mouth because I keep thinking I can't lose any more faith in 
the people who support him. And then he does something and they still fall in line. And I do, I somehow lose even more faith. And I, 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 if you were to ask me, how much faith do you have in the Trump supporters? I would say zero, zero percent faith, zero faith, zero faiths. Um, but I know, I know that the next thing is just going to, to knock it down that much lower somehow. Um, it's not, it's not something I can quantify with numbers. I mean, I'm, I'm making a joke with the zero, uh, but this I, is ab- it's absolutely less than zero. Yeah, yeah. Um, like so, we're to the point now that the man could really just. I honestly, you said it pretty well the other day. The man could kill a, a child on TV, and someone would still justify it. Yep. So, um, I mean, I think that that brings us pretty promptly to what's happening in Minneapolis right now. Um, I can say, and again, I don't, not that we have scores of listeners and maybe it's an alienating thing for me to say, but I, if you right now are upset about looting and fires in Minneapolis, but you had nothing to say about the murder of an unarmed black man who was complying with what the police were telling him to do. You aren't just part of the problem. You clearly are. You are effectively racist. You you are effectively as racist as a person advocating against other races. To be neutral, to be silent in any of this is complicity. Um, which I it might be a word I just made up. Uh, do you mean complacency? No. To be complicit. Complicity. I don't know. You're the smart one. But yeah, I agree 100%. At this point, burn the entire city to the ground. I mean, people of color and minorities have tried peaceful protests in the back. Colin Kaepernick kneeled during the national anthem of an NFL game. And you would swear to God that man murdered 40 people. Right. By the outrage of this man not standing during a national anthem as a sign of what he believed. And... It was the end of the man's football career. Yep. Um, uh, the other thing that I've seen is is uh, Charlie Kirk from Turning Point USA, which is uh, a dumpster fire of conservative echo chamber garbage, um, tweeted something about, you know, uh, if you begin looting and burning, then you've completely lost all moral credibility in my, in my eyes. Uh, to which someone said... There, there have been, you know, uh, the the Boston Tea Party, for instance, is a is a time in history that we look back on uh, our forebearers doing something that was ble- they were looting, they were looting and destroying something that did not belong to them, uh, and all they did was post a picture, uh, 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 like that was in a newspaper around the time, a, a, a drawing clearly, but not a photograph, uh, of the Boston Tea Party, and he said. Um, they only did this after they made numerous peaceful attempts to be heard, right? And then someone just commented, go ahead and read that back. It's astonishing that you managed to run into the point so hard and still not realize it. Um, to, to, to pretend like, to, to be shocked by any of this 
any of the reaction to this, to the systemic racism, to the blatant abuse of power, to the glorification of violence by the president, uh, if you're shocked, you are either, first of all, disingenuous, which I believe a lot of you are being if you're if you're shocked by this. I don't think that you truly are shocked. I just think that it's much easier to make the, the shocked Pikachu face than actually try to think about these things. Um, or you're completely ignorant, which you could be. You you could be you, you could ostensibly be ignorant enough. I I guess uh, at this point that you are so disconnected from race relations. Interestingly enough, the teacher that I spoke about at the beginning of this episode also said to me my senior year after Obama was elected that there there really wasn't much racism in the United States until Barack Obama got elected. That was <laughs> that I thought was. Uh, particularly poignant yeah considering i'm pretty sure i just read a, a fact the other day it might have been after the whole george flynn thing um that mississippi just abolished slavery in like 1973 i did not read that that's interesting i i let me let me let me look at that here real quick i don't want to misquote that because i feel like that is something that i feel like i read but i don't remember and then to put it in perspective both of our parents were alive in 1973. Yeah. Literally, basically one generation before us. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh my god, I... So I think... I think I'm, I may or may not have forgot how to spell Mississippi there for a second. The easiest state to spell. <laughs> it's only easy because I feel like it's drilled into you for so long. Um, That's what she said. So, wow. Uh, so I think that... Uh, I think it's worth worth speaking the counter to to the way my mind has been going because it is you know a, a never-ending cascading downward spiral uh in anxiety and depression um what i try to rationalize is i as a privileged white male in rural america um am i i am still at a at a much more privileged point than most of the rest of the people in the country. Excuse me one second before you get there. Just yeah. so. So it says, when was the last state to abolish slavery? It was December 1865. But up until February 7th, 2013, the state of Mississippi had never fully submitted the required documentation to ratify the 13th Amendment, meaning it never officially had abolished slavery. Wow. Seven years ago, they finally submitted the paperwork. Nice. Good job, Mississippi. Yeah, I'm glad somebody finally found your homework from 160 years prior. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so I try, I guess, to weigh this, this feeling that we are in decline against the idea that if I were any other demographic group living now or previous you would have thought too that we were in constant decline simply because you were denied rights that i was taking for granted at that time uh had you lived through the civil war you would have thought that was the ultimate decline and destruction of of the country as well um i, I try to rationalize it with those things but i also recognize too that there has never been a country exist and exist at its height forever 
every every empire crum crumbles um and it's not to say it stops existing and again my fear isn't I really don't care much, I guess, if the United States loses um, social capital in the world at large. I don't care about that at all. My fear is that we are seeing a social decline inside of our borders. Um, that that will be something that my children sow um, because we are we are so failing to prevent the people who are you know planting these seeds at this point. I'm not trying to make that whole metaphor. Uh, I uh, I heard a really good statement a few weeks ago calling the United States of America the richest third world country in the world. Yeah, a third world country with a Gucci belt or something like that. Ooh, that's even better. Didn't read that, but I like that. Yeah, that's the name of this episode. <laughs> uh, and I guess it would be I, I have. It's not to say that I, I that there's not struggle in white communities there clearly is i live in a predominantly white community i work with a predominantly white community my wife works with a predominantly white community um, same here yeah Th there is poverty there is mental health issues there like we there are issues um not to minimize those in the in the face of the issues of other groups, but they are smaller. To the the statement, right. the statement that Black Lives Matter isn't a suggestion that other lives don't matter. Uh, it's just that if you have two houses and one is on fire, you should be attending to the the, the house that's on fire, not the house that. I, I saw that picture that you're referencing today as well, and I thought it was very fitting. Yeah. Of everything. Um. But yeah, you're you're totally right. I understand that, as a white person. Yeah, we have problems and stuff, too. But there's never a day in my life where I have to leave my house, worry about getting pulled over by a cop, and being murdered for literally nothing. Yeah. I never have that thought in my mind. Right. And so ne there is... It, 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 sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, now I just, every time I see a cop car, I want to break all the windows out of it. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't suggest that you do that, probably. I'm not going to, but I can talk about it. Yeah, you GTA can 5, I'm pretty sure, is free for download on... Xbox Live, and I might have to. <laughs> um, but there, there is a there is an ugly impulse, I think, probably in the minds of anyone who, and I mean, we could argue for for days about whether or not everyone is or is not directly affected by this. I think we are all implicitly affected by anything occurring uh, that that allows for a police officer to murder someone. Um, that could affect any of us. It, it, uh, we should we should but, really see 2020 as the start of an effective change that really just, like, this should be the start of change. Right. I, I guess my point is that I think I, I, I look to my neighbors, and, I, and, I, and again, I don't mean direct neighbors, um, but I look to my community members who are very far away from the fires of Minneapolis, who are very far away from you know, the, the murderer of George Floyd, who are very far away from the murderers of Ahmaud Arbery. Um, and they say, you know, not my circus, not my monkeys. I don't have, you know, it's not some, it's a problem, but it's not my problem. It's someone else's problem to deal with. Um, but if it happened here, if it happened to you, you would be desperately calling on people the world over to support you, to help, to do what they can. Um, and time and again, we see this happen we see a call for action. We see some people get really activated about it. About it, 
we see a few politicians pick up the message and then we see it go flat again until something like this occurs and yeah, it's the really- last time I the last time I checked we are all still humans and as much as you don't want to say it's not your problem it's always your problem yeah yeah I, we're, I, I, we're I, by science the same species it's yeah I, I just I think that we are um, I think that we are we are coming really close to a time where either people are going to realize it and work against it or realize it and accept it as just the way it's going going to be from now on um, and that's haunting and, and I think the minute that the majority start to accept it I think is when the minority gets louder yeah I mean you there's only so many quiet things you can do a peaceful protest can only be peaceful for so long if, if you're not listening to it right the, the loudest person in the room gets the most attention no you're right you're right um, it's just that the attention isn't always positive I mean consider the consider what we saw with all of these rallies to reopen America you know um, we saw white folks on the steps of capitol buildings in some cases in the actual capitol building screaming in the faces of police officers holding ar-15s and ak's um and nothing happened nothing nothing happened in terms of violence if anything their their uh, posturing might have effectively cowed some governors because we've seen governors now begin opening things against the benchmarks that they set because people are so angry because people really need to get out and get haircuts um meanwhile we saw a protest start peacefully in minneapolis and very quickly turn and again you can say that you think you know this protester did this so now the the force is warranted or something like that but i think you're not paying attention to the the major theme here the the state recognizes white men with guns as a non-threat because they are the status quo the state recognizes black folks in the streets unarmed as an inherent threat because they are speaking to the actual problem that we have in this country their their message resonates their message doesn't just seem like a flat uh, message of privilege that you need to reopen the economy because all of these reasons that are so legitimate. Uh, that pew Speak- poll had a... Sorry, go ahead. Speaking of uh, the economy reopening and stuff here, I was in... Uh, I was near... I went to Wegmans the other day, and near there is a Ross. A Ross Dress for Less. Show is not sponsored by Ross. We're sponsored by TJ Maxx. Um, but I swear to God, there was thirty-five or forty people standing outside that store waiting to go in. That's disgusting. It blew my mind how many people were outside waiting. Just standing all will. Four weeks ago, when everybody kind of understood what was going on, you wouldn't catch anybody. Like the streets were bare. Yeah. Like you would barely have people go to the grocery store. What's changed in four weeks? I don't want to get back into this. I'm sorry. But no, it just it's okay. it blew my mind that I saw this happening. Yeah. And then I went into Wegmans, and I saw countless people not wearing a mask. 
Some lady dropped something as I was walking past her. I picked it up, saw she wasn't wearing a mask. I almost dropped it back down so she'd have to pick it up herself. <laughs> you should have just thrown it across the store. <laughs> I thought what I what I, I told the story at work, and I was like, what I should have done was I picked it up. Instead of picking it up, I should have just been like, flipped her off real quick, and then walked away. I didn't do that. I thought about it after the fact. That's because uh, you're actually a really nice boy, Tyler. I am. I have a very nice... I'm a nice guy. Yeah. Nice guys finished last time. Um, but, yeah. A, a few of the other results from that Pew poll that I had talked about I think are, are relevant simply because if we want to talk about two sides, and again, I would argue that there's significantly more than two sides, at this point to call myself a Democrat is truly just clinging to the only one of the two parties that has some issues in common with me, some beliefs in common with me. Um, I refer to myself as a Democrat because I don't want to call myself a Republican. Yeah, um, and a lot of people have that binary thinking. It's you're you're this or you're that. So this this poll does do a good idea, a good job saying uh, it, it groups the two things as Republican or leans Republican and Democrat or leans Democrat. Um, so, percentages who believe that the environment will be worse in the coming future, um, 43% of Republicans agreed with that. 70% of Democrats agreed with that. So, um, that's I'm honestly shocked that it's 43% of Republicans agree with that. Yeah, I'm surprised by that, too. Uh, it seems weird that you... I mean, to they recognize environment as a concept that they accept. They do not accept environmental science. Um so or th- any science or any science that could literally just be I think uh, they would say do you think the environment will be worse and they would be like yeah people will keep throwing their shampoo bottles in the ocean so yes or, you know and that's not what we're talking about but yeah but could, as long as it's L'Oreal no tears then we're fine I don't think we're <laughs> I don't think we're fine um, yeah but the, the fish won't be crying <laughs> oh that was good <laughs> that's a terrible that was sorry. good uh, the government should be mostly responsible for paying for the long-term care older Americans may need. 40% of Republicans agree, 66% of Democrats agree. That, that's another one that I'm surprised that Republicans are so high. I'm also surprised that Democrats are so low, but yeah, again- 66 does seem pretty low. Yeah, but again, here we sit with a candidate who is pretty anti-social safety net, so. Um, it's because inc- it's got that it's got that word in it, social. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, you're right, yeah. If you could- you could, guaranteed you could slip socialism past a couple people if you just called it something else. We we legitimately practice socialism in so many things. Our police force is Don't you dare say that. is provided don't for you by dare socialism. Say so, don't you say don't you say that. But but you're right. I I believe that if Bernie Sanders had called himself a New Deal Democrat instead of a Democratic Socialist that he he maybe could have actually done it. I I don't mean to say it made it might have been that Dramatic, but I think that you would have seen significantly higher uh, levels of support for him. I think yeah, that the the S word the S word scares scares people so much that uh, they immediately assume that you must be advocating I, for you know communism. Exactly, you're right. Yes, that that it's going to become the bread lines of the the Soviet Union. Uh, here, here is your gruel and sourdough. Yeah. Um, the next the next statement, increased spending on education should be a top federal government priority. Uh, do you want to guess what we had here? Republicans, 8%. Democrats, <laughs> 69% nice. Nice. Uh, no, uh, Republicans, 36%. Ooh. Democrats, Honestly, I'm actually, it actually makes me upset that I wasn't that far off. Yeah. 
Uh, Democrats, 66%. So you're within 3% oh, there. Pretty oh, good. Dang. That's not bad. Um, the news media will have a positive impact on solving the country's problems. <laughs> Republicans, zero. <laughs> Republicans, 19. Democrats, 58. Um, they are very worried about climate change. There. Do you want to do that one? Republicans, 0%. <laughs> Republicans, 15%. Honestly, a little higher than expected. I, again, I was thinking it, sub-10. It, it just it, it, it still gets that back to the thing where, like, if you recognize the existential threat of climate change, why are you still voting for people who deny it? What is why are why are you in that camp? Because they fear change. Yeah, yeah. Sixty-one uh, percent of Democrats agreed with that statement. Honestly, a little bit low. Yeah, and a majority non-white population will strengthen American customs and values. I don't even have a guess. Uh, the Republicans were thirteen percent, and Democrats forty-two percent. It just blows my mind that those numbers are so low when America was literally a, comp- uh, a company, a country built on other cultures. Yep. Yep. America is no longer a melting pot. It's a it's wasteland. See, I think I think a lot of the people who had, who took pride in that sentiment before and now uh, are anti-immigrant. They were very happy about it being a European melting pot. Right. They liked that idea. That was palatable to them. Um, as soon as as soon as uh, non-Western ideas were being represented, or or I mean, South America and well, everything south of the border very much still Western, uh, but not the right kind of Western. If only there were like a, a physical feature of these people that that conservative America was having a fit about that we could tie that to. I wonder what it would be. You don't think it has anything to do with their skin color, do you? Never. Oh, okay. Why would why would anybody base off um, discrimination off of a skin color? Yeah. That would that just seems that just seems silly. Do you know like as much as we're talking about about the idea of America, do you know what the best part of living in America is? What? The fact that I can travel 20 minutes and get this type of food that type of food like it's i mean i just said it's not a melting pot but like i don't understand people who don't accept somebody else's culture like it just blows my mind you know what i love about people their differences yeah if i just hung out with people that were the same as me that sounds terrible yeah, a room full of I, I don't you does sound be, awful. I don't want to be in a room full of me. Yeah, I'm loud, and obnoxious, and I tell bad jokes. I, I do, I do think, um, and I mean, you can find diversity in other countries too. But there, there is not a there is not a European nation that is more racially diverse than the United States. Um, so I, I think too that uh, either either the country can decide collectively and I mean that at least the majority needs to decide that this is something we celebrate and go forward with 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 positivity or allow it to keep being the thing that divides us and I mean I, th- I think I've said in the past podcast and I would argue forever that that while there is a, a clear social divide between white folks and other races and men and women that the fight against racism and the fight against the patriarchy while entirely valid I think are 
are like are, are like battles in the grander war of class warfare. Uh, effectively, if you can convince a person who's earning minimum wage that the biggest threat to them is the immigrant who is also in the same job market and not the millionaire or billionaire who is moving their jobs overseas or paying them a poverty wage. If you can convince them that that's the enemy, not the billionaire, then you've you've won. You've given them the ultimate smokescreen distraction and you can back up and just count your money. Um, not not to not to you know excuse the the sentiments of racism by any means. A lot of people come to that conclusion simply based on what they learn from their parents. Um, but yeah, there's a there's I just saw I've I've seen it before, but there's a great picture of a like a an older black gentleman on a bus, and then like a white baby just reaching out to him, and they're kind of just touching each other and stuff, and it's like racism. You're not born being racist. Yeah. No, you aren't. And I, that, I mean, I don't, I, that is the thing that in my household, I don't remember my mom like hammering it into my head being to like, hey, you are the same as other people regardless of what they look like. They are as, they are as endowed with beauty and, and legitimacy as you are. That wasn't a conversation we ever had to have because we never had the conversation to the contrary. Like the idea of skin color being a differing factor never had to be talked about because uh, it just wasn't a thing that occurred naturally in my head and it wasn't introduced to me by a parent. Now I will say, I mean a conversation that I think is important to have with your kids and that I will someday have with my daughter is there is a difference unfortunately between us and folks of another race and it is not to it's not legitimate. It is purely based on how the the societal structure has decided to treat those people and that we must be allies to those people in all cases, right? Yeah. I loved the, uh, I believe it was, it was somewhere in the South. It might have been Georgia, I believe, but there was that, uh, that incident that happened last week where the cops broke into that man's house and ended up killing his girlfriend. Yeah. And I saw the picture today of the protests of just a bunch of, just a bunch of white women just um, forming a barricade around these um, people of color protesters. Yeah, and like that's that's the solidarity that is needed in times like this. Yeah, that's that is the if if the future of America is to be good, it's that. If the future of America is to be something that we are going to be proud of, uh, or safe in, it is the fact that. It's not color blindness. It's not. It's not saying that there is not a, a, a present difference, but it is in accepting that there is a difference, but that we all are are still allies in this this whole thing right. together. Um, it's not. It's not man or woman. It's not black or white. It's it's everybody together against the people who are again are bad. Yeah. Um. So back in March. Uh, stuff was really picking up with the virus. Um, and for whatever reason, Donald Trump retweeted a meme that was initially shared by Dan Scavino of him playing a uh, violin. And it says, my next piece is called Nothing Can Stop What's Coming. And he, he when he retweeted it, he just said, who knows what this means, but it sounds good to me. Um, this led to a bunch of people. Uh, the hashtag Nero began began trending. Um, like Nero? No, that's 
Never mind. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I was like Nero, like Keanu Reeves from the Matrix. No, no, Nero, as in the the Roman emperor, who mythically uh, played his lyre as Rome burned. Um, now we we do know that he was Nero was a completely insane person, and he may have been playing his lyre when Rome burned, but we don't really know that. The the point was he, being, ma- was he playing his truther? <laughs> um, the, the point being in that that tale is simply that this was a leader who was so incredibly disjointed and out of touch with his people that even as they suffered, he was Nero famously was uh, very big into the performing arts. Um, however, at this time in Roman culture, to be into the performing arts was uh, was a lowly thing. Um, so, so Nero kind of forced it down the, the throats of all of his uh, inside people. Uh, and again, if you are a Roman historian, you're cringing at me using all of these terms instead of plebeians and patricians and things like that. Uh, um, but he kind of forced it down the throats of all of his people that he was passionate about these things and he would make people watch him perform in plays. Um, but he was also super, super brutal to his people and was completely, completely incompetent as a leader. Um, anyway, the point being here, are we Rome? Are we on fire? I, I, I would say clearly our leader, Nero, Donald Trump. Uh, Get is, that man in a play and he's 100% Nero. He's incredibly out of touch. He is, he is hateful. He is violent in rhetoric uh by 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 all accounts uh, appears to be sexually violent in action um this is where we're at are we in decline or are we not that's what's your what's your end take on it i don't if, if I, you i would say if you could give me a concrete answer would you say yes or would you say no i don't know um I was talking to my mom today and she said something to me about like, and she's always optimistic. She said that she was like, I know that I know that we'll come out of this. Like we, the collective, we, I don't know if she means the country or, or, or what. Um, she said, but I'm worried that you won't come out of this. And I don't mean that she thought, you know, I was going to kill myself or anything like that necessarily. Um, but that, and again, it, Again, I, I am owning my privilege. I recognize that I am very far removed from a lot of the issues that we're talking about in in this this episode. Um, but it is it it does get in my head, and I can't get it out, and it is incredibly taxing on my mental health. And I, I mean, I talked to you, Tyler, that that doing these episodes has been hugely therapeutic because just to talk through all of this. Um, makes me feel better it makes my feelings feel better uh which what a fr- what a friggin snowflake dude well and, and 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 while i don't want to minimize the important importance of mental health um it feels a little selfish to be like well i've got to get my my weekly therapy session in where i just complain about the social issues of the world and then yeah, I, I don't even to- i don't even get paid to listen to you i know i know well, you're 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 woefully underqualified. To be my <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sorry, it's true. Uh, I've actually been going back to school for a psych degree. I didn't tell you I wanted to surprise you. Oh man, I'm getting it from the University of Phoenix. Okay. I also play on their basketball team. Oh, cool. 
<laughs> we're really bad. Cool. Um, but it it is it is something I I don't I I guess her reaction to that exposes to me and I mean I talk to my wife about it more often so she doesn't I guess see it in such concentrated form I guess I talk to you about it more often you don't see it in such concentrated form it is taking a toll on me as it is many Americans what what we're what we're going through as a country right now and I guess I guess if I had to side on on one side not to the detriment of the of, of Gen Z or whatever we're calling them not to the detriment of Millennials I'm, I'm not even gonna lay the blame soundly at the feet of any generation though i got your number boomers uh 1-800 boomers <laughs> um yeah that works. But, but i think that we are because of some cult-like mindsets um because because of some uh in a not inability a lack of willingness to change a lack of willingness to care about other people a lack of willingness to see beyond single issues um i i know that there are scores of republicans out there who are appalled by what they're seeing happen to uh, uh people of color in this country but i also know that they will not vote for uh, a candidate who will do something about it all because of something like abortion the, it, it's a single issue that has not changed for a very long time. Um, but and it still divides so many people. Right. But they see that as the only issue worth their attention. Um, and so nothing will change about the way they advocate effectively with their vote. So, yeah. So I guess, I guess I've got to go, I guess I've got to go onto the side that I guess I am a declinist, at least for this week. Maybe it'll change. I hope it changes. I hope we see something major shift. I hope we see an awakening. Um, I hope we see an, an acceptance of that that nasty friendship that the the decline analyst. Um, you know, we're alone in the boondocks, about. and we love friendship. We do, we do, we do love friendship. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. You know, I. I'm going to put it in much simpler terms. I'm going to say I'm absolutely a declinist. Like, I can't believe how much faith I've lost in people just in the last four years. As in the past four years, I've really kind of developed my political identity, I guess if you could say that. Because, I mean, we've known each other for, for very many years. And I would mock you very often about how into politics you were. And I don't, maybe it was just the fact that it never interested me, so I didn't really understand the issues. But now, as an adult who may or may not have kids who have to live with my actions, I understand that politics is a huge thing. Yeah. And politics, politics, politics. I love politics now. Like, it's... I don't I love, love it. it the, I hate it. I hate it. I guess I... I mean... No, I know what you I'm mean. I'm going to back... I'm going to... Yeah, you know I know what, what I mean. you mean. I do. But I... If you would have asked me 15 years ago about my personality, what I thought I was, I would tell you that I'm an outrageously, overtly positive person that even in a thunderstorm, at least the flowers are going to grow because of the rain. Yeah. I've, I've realized in the past probably four or five years 
that positivity is not a word that I feel like I can describe myself with anymore. It's I feel like I'm as matter of factly as can be a realist. Like I understand that you should have positivity, but I know that things are just garbage sometimes, yeah. and there's not a positive outcome to it. And I don't want to like I feel like I've never openly admitted that because a lot of people have described me as being very positive, but I think I'm just done with it. Like I think realism. We live in tw it's 2020 and people are still upset that a target got burnt down but a, a black man was just murdered in the street while people watched yeah i, I guess uh, the only the, i mean i think the most the most um convincing case against decline right now is the fact that it's always been like this actually i mean if we're being honest it, it's yeah you're it, not wrong it's a hunt, like you know it, it's always it's always been white america cared for and put stock in things that black America didn't have the luxury of concerning themselves with because so, for so many people in so many communities across the country, you know, you and I were deciding where we wanted to take a road trip to and other folks were figuring out how they were, how they were going to scrape by to make rent or, um, you know the, the 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 population of immigrants in this country who don't call the police when they have an issue in their communities because they're afraid that the police will terrorize them um that's been here forever it's been here forever um so are we in decline or maybe 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 the whole meme of this episode was was incorrect uh, to begin with and it's not the fact that we're in decline but it's just always been kind of bad <laughs> and i don't mean kind Again, that's not, that just sounds like white simplification. Uh, You're right. I, I, I think you summed it up pretty well right there. I, there isn't a decline. It's just always been bad. Yeah. And it, we're only seeing it worse now because of the advent of technology. Everybody can film anything they want. Anybody could make a phone call to anybody. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to give my recommendation now. And I just, I just, I feel like I just have one thing yet I want to say, yeah. and it's like, Do. I'm just, I'm upset by the fact that I see so many Facebook posts about like people just talking about why do these people need to burn buildings down and stuff. Like, you, it's, it's really when peaceful protest doesn't work. It's you got to do what you can to be seen and heard. And right, stuff. they're not heard any other way. Yeah, they're and not. I, did you? I sent you that picture earlier. Did you look at it of the? Uh, the people standing in front of that like burning precinct. Um, I don't think it I... was like a Reddit. It was a Reddit link, I think. Okay. But it's just a bunch of people standing in front of the, like this third precinct in Minneapolis, and they had just taken it over and just were like, I think they're burning it to the ground. Okay. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I saw a caption for it too, and I think it just said, "Fuck around and find out." And I was just like, Yeah. Like, a, a simple sentence has never said so much. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's also my one F word of the episode. I'm going to keep it to one. <laughs> that's, a, that's great restraint. Um, my recommendation, just because I guess it, uh, I talked a little bit about Nero here today, and, and when we're talking about decline and collapse... Uh, if you do any amount of research, it leads you through historical examples of it. Um, 
which just reminded me of a book I read about two years ago. Really good uh, if you're interested in Roman history at all. It's just called Ancient Rome, The Rise and Fall of an Empire. It's by Simon Baker, published by BBC Books. Um, I am not a person who was super well read on Roman history before that. Uh, it does a really good job at going through how Rome went from a republic to an empire. Um, it it uh, gives specific sections of the book to some of the more major emperors who ruled throughout history uh, and how they changed you know the face of Rome and, and and what Rome was on the world scale and then eventually the the decline and collapse of Rome uh, as an empire um, interesting book check it out do you have any recommendations I do and my <laughs> your your recommendations are so like great and intelligent things and really all i'm recommending this week is just go listen to the 1992 rage against the machine self-titled album zach de la rocha just speaks on race issues so well yeah no, that's it i it honestly i have a i i feel weird about my recommendations because i'm always like here's a book that no one has time to read right now go go read this book i what are you talking about everybody has time to read right now they should be staying home well they should be yeah but but they aren't. But we're not going to talk about the coronavirus this episode. We, we did a good job not talking about it too much, I think. Yeah. So, all right. I hate everything. <laughs> My name's Andrew. My name's Tyler. And we are alone in the boondocks. And we still don't know how to do alchemy.